This is Carol Foster at 2 Timothy 2.15 Resources, and I am so excited that you're going to join me today as we study God's Word. The response New Messianic believers give when asked why they initially visited a Messianic congregation is, we knew there had to be more. As we study together, we will begin to see that yes, indeed, there has to be more. For additional study aids to assist you in studying along with us, go to our website, SECTIM.org. This is Carol Foster, and I would like to introduce our guest teacher, Pastor Bruce Dowell, who's going to be bringing us an amazing teaching on the power of the Holy Spirit. Take out your Bibles and open up to the book of Romans. I'm going to be reading out of my English Bible tonight, but those of you that are using the Jewish Bible, that's okay. You'll be able to follow just fine. And I'm going to entitle this message, With Groanings Too Deep for Words. Okay, now I want you to capture this tonight with groanings too deep for words because I want you to understand the power of the Holy Spirit in your lives. Amen? So in Romans chapter... uh, Actually, we're going to start in John chapter 16. I'm sorry. So turn to John chapter 16. And I want to start in verse 7. Now how many of you know that the Holy Spirit is an important issue in your life? How many realize that? He's not just important to you for the work of regeneration, or shall we say getting saved. Certainly that's an important work of the Holy Spirit. But what happens after you're saved? You still need the Holy Spirit? Do you need the power of the Spirit in your life? So if you believe that you need the ongoing power of the Holy Spirit, which sometimes we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you believe that, then you are miles ahead of many believers. Because many believers think that the Holy Spirit just comes and fills you and gets you saved, and then you're kind of on your own in this thing. But that is not the case, and that's not what the Word teaches. And what I want to show you tonight and Sunday morning, this is a two-part series, I want to show you the power that the Holy Spirit has in your life if you will learn to tap into Him. So in John chapter 16 and verse 7, it says this, The Lord is speaking with His Talmudim, His disciples, and He says, But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Haven't you ever thought to yourself, you know, I kind of wish I'd lived back when Jesus was walking the earth I wish I could have just been following Yeshua around the countryside and seen the miracles and talked with Him. And and, uh, how advantageous would that have been to your walks? Great, I'm sure. But the Lord Himself, Yeshua Himself says, look, it's to your advantage that I'm going away. So really that puts us in a category that's very advantageous. Would you agree with that? I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. And then down to verse 13. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. What is truth? Truth is the Word. Is it not? Truth is the Word. He'll guide us into that truth. For He will not speak 
on his own initiative. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. 14. He will glorify me, Yeshua says. For he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. So whatever belongs to Yeshua, the Spirit will take that and disclose it to you. And in 15, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose to you. Now, like I said earlier, many believers think the Holy Spirit is optional for today. But the fact of the matter is, we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If we don't move and walk and live in the power of the Spirit, it is most likely that we will become a casualty of war. Because it's a rough battle. We need the Spirit. We need to be relying upon His power, upon who He is, upon His wisdom. For the Lord God Himself sent the Spirit to us in His absence. So obviously He thinks it's important. Turn to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. Yeshua again speaking to His Tomidim. Gathering them together, He commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which He said, you heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. When did they get baptized? In the Spirit? At Shavuot. Amen? So when they had come together, they were asking Him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he gives them a mild rebuke here because he says, look, you're worried too much about the return. I think that's a problem that we're having today as well. I mean, I'm anxious for the return of Yeshua. Don't get me wrong. Tomorrow morning would be just fine with me. But sometimes, I like what J. Vernon McGee used to say. He used to say some Christians are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. And indeed, sometimes we're so busy looking for the return of the Lord that we're not paying attention to our daily walk now. And that's what is important. Listen, the Lord is going to return when He returns. Whether you're expecting Him or not, whether you believe it or not, it doesn't matter. On the day that the Father has appointed, Yeshua is coming back. Until then, you and I just have to be ready willing and able to do the work of the Lord. Amen? Amen. And he says in verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. All right. So from this we see the importance that Yeshua himself is placing on the Holy Spirit. He said, it's to your advantage that I go away because then I'm going to send the Spirit to you. He said to us, Talmudim, wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit falls upon you and you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit because after you have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, you are now ready and able and capable of being a good witness for the Lord. I believe many Christians 
believers fall in their walks because they just don't have the power to sustain what they believe. Because we need the Spirit. Amen? We need the Spirit. Now turn to Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. And let me show you now how the Holy Spirit, why it is advantageous that He came to our rescue. I encourage you to get a hold of this and begin to apply the truths here. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27 says this, In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now, let's begin to break this down. Because there's so much more said in this verse than you're ever going to get out of the English reading. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. The word in the Greek here for weakness is the word asthenia. A-S-T-H-E-I-N-I-A. Asthenia. Asthenia is a generic term for all sickness, by the way. It's weakness in general. Uh, When the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is asthenia. Weak. Okay? How many have ever felt a weak moment? That's what this is talking about in general. Okay? So he says that the Spirit comes to help us in our weakness. Now, it refers to both spiritual weakness and physical weakness in our bodies. Okay? Now, it's interesting that when Yeshua was on earth, he healed five different kinds of afflictions, weaknesses, infirmities, or asthenia. Five different kinds are recorded in the Gospels. And I want to look at those five different types of healing where the Lord healed our weakness, our asthenia. The first is the word nosos, N-O-S-O-S, nosos. Nosos is the name of a Greek demon god. Does that give you any clue where we're headed with this one? Nosos is disease from which one will never recover. It's terminal. Okay? This implies, because it's the name of a Greek demon god, that all terminal disease or all terminal sickness comes from the devil, which I believe. This would be things like cancer, AIDS, those types of things where when you get it, it's like a death sentence has just been pronounced upon you. It's terminal. Nosos. We know that Jesus healed Nosos. Yeshua also healed the next type of asthenia, which is called Malachian. M-A-L-L-A-K-I-A-N. Malachian. Malachian is muscular disease. Like muscular dystrophy, MS, those types of diseases. And they represent clearly for us the inability to stand or to function. When you have these kinds of diseases, you just lose ability to even be able to stand up. And the Lord himself healed Malachi. The third type of disease that he healed was called Kakos. K-A-K-O-S. Kakos. 
which literally translated means possessed in a foul, vile way. This represents serious demonization or even possession. And we know the Lord cast demons out of people. Kakos. The fourth that the Lord healed is called Mastigos. M-A-S-T-I-G-O-S. Mastigos. This is a plague. This is something repetitive. This is something that won't kill you, but you might in fact wish you were dead. This could be things like migraines, asthma, ulcers, these kinds of things that are just reoccurring and they won't kill you. They are not terminal things, but they can make your life so miserable that you might wish you were dead. Mastigos. And the fifth area of asthenia that the Lord himself healed is called Aristos. A-R-R. O-U-S-T-O-U-S. Aristos. And it means invalid. This is the worst kind of disease. In fact, we get our word comatose from this word. Comatose. It denotes being in a coma and unable to respond. That's what this is talking about. So the Lord healed us when we were in this kind of a coma state, even though it might not have been a literal coma, but in this state where we were totally incapable of of helping ourselves in any way. Turn over to Mark chapter 16. I want to show you. Hold your place in Romans. Go to Mark chapter 16. And I want to show you, because this word aristos is used here, Mark chapter 16 and verse 18. In fact, let's start in 17. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the aristos and they will recover. You will lay your hands on those people that are helpless and hopeless totally unable to help themselves. Okay? Now, back to Romans 8.26, all of these things relate to the spiritual as well as to the physical. Okay? How many know that the Lord is interested in the whole person? The Lord... Look, the Lord doesn't just want to heal you spiritually and get you saved and then leave you in this broken down condition. Every time we take communion, we break the bread and we recall that the Lord's body was broken so that you and I could be made whole. Is that right? That's what that's all about. He took on our affirmities. He took on our brokenness so that we could be made whole. So that we would not have the affirmities anymore, the asthenia. Okay? So it relates to spiritual and it relates to physical. The Lord wants to heal you physically, He wants to heal you mentally, and He wants to heal you spiritually. After all, are you not created in the image of God? You are a trichotomy yourself. You are a trinity, if you will. You are body, soul, and spirit. Amen? And He wants to heal all parts of who you are. And so these things very easily relate to all of these. Now, here's what the the Lord is saying in this Scripture. 
The Holy Spirit is saying here, in Romans 8.26, He's saying, without my help, you are nosos. You are a terminal case. The Holy Spirit is saying, without my help, you are Malachian. You are unable to stand or function. The Holy Spirit is saying, without my help, you are kakos. Vile, foul, and wicked. The Holy Spirit is saying, without my help, you are mastagos. Meaning our problems are always going to return to us. You may shake it off for a season, but it's coming back. And the Holy Spirit says finally, without my help, you are aristos. You are spiritually in a coma. You are asleep. You getting the idea of how much we need the Holy Spirit? He's not just some kind of helper that comes along to help us when we need a little extra boost. And sometimes we have that mentality, do we not? Well, I'll call on the Lord, but this is a small thing. I have people all the time say, you don't need to pray for me. This is just a little thing. I can handle this. I've got this under control. But really, you don't have it under control because according to the Word, you're in a coma. (laughs) According to the Word, even if you get it, it's going to return. You're not under control because you're vile and you're foul and you're wicked. You're not even able to stand up and function and you're a terminal case. So don't ever believe you've got it under control. Because the fact of the matter is, we don't and we need Him. He's not optional. This is not a question. It is not a question of bringing our strength into the kingdom and allowing the Holy Spirit to help us where we're weak. Sometimes when famous celebrities will get saved, singers or people like that, they come into the kingdom, they come into the church, and right away they're escorted up onto the platform and they start performing for the Lord. Where they haven't grown in character, in integrity, in the spiritual things, and many of them end up crashing and burning later. Why is that? Because even though we may be gifted This is not a case of us bringing our strength to the Lord. Oh, thank God He came into the kingdom. We've needed that guy in here for a long time. Look, God doesn't need any of us. The Lord is quite capable on His own, is He not? And true, some people are extremely gifted. And true, God may use that gift. But this is not a question of us bringing our strengths. This is a question of us relying on Him. Turn to 1 Corinthians let me show you this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. You can just turn over there. We're going to be here for a couple of minutes. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26. Rabbi Shaul is saying the same thing to the Corinthian church here that was just being said to the Roman church. And he says in one twenty-six, For consider your calling, brethren that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things. And you know what the word foolish is in the Greek here? Morano. You're exactly right. We get our word moron. Morano. God has chosen the morons. 
People, including myself, standing behind the pulpit were chosen because they were total morons. Pig in Spanish, so that's even worse. Okay, God has chosen the foolish things, the morons of the world to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things. What's the word for weak? Asthenia. Asthenia. This is the comatose things of the world to shame the things that are strong. The weak things, the things that can't even stand up on their own. He's chosen those things to shame the things that were strong. And in verse 20, and the base things. The word here for the base is tapanos. Tapanos, which means ugly or undesirable. So if you were a moron, if you were weak, and if you were totally ugly and undesirable, God wanted you. God chose you. Isn't that encouraging? As long as we're not too proud to say, well, that's how I was. I'm willing to say that's exactly how I was. But God chose me, called me out of that, and made me into a new creature in Yeshua. This is not a question of me bringing my strengths to the kingdom. This is not a question of me bringing everything that I... Oh, here I am. Hallelujah. God's blessing to the church. This is a question of me being called because I was so utterly helpless that I had no chance whatsoever. And God called me. And God sent His Spirit to help me in that total and utter weakness. See, this is the same thing that's being said in Romans 8.26, and you can jump back there. We have absolutely nothing to offer God. Now, let's reread 8.26 in Romans, because we've covered the, the word weakness. Now, the next word I want to cover is the word helps, because I guarantee you we have no clue what this word means. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. Helps our weakness. Now this word helps, helps is a small word, is it not? It's kind of a generic term, you know, that if I get in trouble, you can kind of lend me a hand, you can help me out a little bit. You know, just help me get over this bump, help me get around this corner, whatever it is. But this word in the Greek is one of the longest Greek words there is. In fact, it's three words made into one. Three words made into one. This is, in fact, this word is only used two times in the entire Bible. And this word is only used one time when speaking about the Lord. Just here. And you'll see why in a moment. The word for helps in the Greek is sumanti lumbanome. Let me spell that. S-U-N-A-N-T-I-L-A-M-B-A-N-O-M-A-I. Sumanti lumbanomai. Or lumbanome. I'm not Greek, so I don't know. Three words. Soon. S-U-N. Now this, we're going to talk about in a moment. This represents or defines the position of the Holy Spirit. 
Because if somebody's there to help, don't you know they've taken up a position? Does that make sense? So this represents the position of the Holy Spirit. The word anti, this represents the attitude of the Holy Spirit. And the word lumbanomai, or lumbanome, which sounds better? Lumbanome. This represents the desire of the Holy Spirit. So we see his position, his attitude, and his desire all wrapped up in this one word translated as helps. Thank you for joining us today as we delved into the beautiful truths of God's Word to indeed discover that there has to be more. I pray that the Word applied to your daily life will bring a deeper understanding of His love letter written just to you. Let me remind you that we have additional study aids to assist you with our studies together on our website, sectim.org. May this day fill you with the love of God, joy, and shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken in your life.